Hey everybody, Joe with the Gym Life Podcast. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, today's show, uh, I'm going to start a bit differently. A bit of a somber note, actually, and uh, with a heavy heart um, to report to you all and, and to give my condolences to the family of uh, Nora Sabella. Nora was the uh, face of the Ohio's strongest this year. She was a nine-year-old little girl who was fighting neuroblastoma pediatric cancer, and she lost her battle uh, Sunday, April 30th. Um, we all got pretty close to Nora, although many of us didn't know her. Uh, we knew her. Uh, we knew her because the entire strongman community was rallying around this little girl in her fight to beat this cancer. Uh, and Alex and Dylan introduced us to her uh, well over six months ago. And immediately I got on board to support the show because as many of you know out there, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very familiar with this disease. I, I dealt with it myself. And I couldn't imagine for a minute being a nine-year-old little girl and trying to fight this fucking disease. I mean, it kicks my ass. So, uh, you know, for good reason, that little girl was the face of this show because she is stronger, as are every other kid going through pediatric cancer, than any one of us. Strong men or strong women in our community, and I think we'd all agree. You know, it gives me strength when I see these little kids and what they have to go through to fight this fucking disease. I'm passionate about it. I, I, it resonates with me deeply because even though none of us or many of us didn't know Nora, we all knew Nora. She was a kid, and that's all she wanted to be. I'm sure she wanted to be much more than that. I know she was a dancer. Um, I know she loved strong men and strong women because all you loved her. And not only the 150 people in this show and not only the 20 that are going to break records, but everybody throughout our strongman community rallied around this little girl and uh, showed their love and support. Uh, that made a lot of us in the community, like myself, very proud to be a part of this community and to uh, you know, champion on the fight that this little girl was in every single day of her life since four years old. So, yeah, I, I think it's important to recognize that is uh, hard as it can be on all of us out there and the shit that we go through that it's little kids like Nora and all these other kids that are battling these these horrific diseases um, they remind us that uh, life could be a hell of a lot worse and uh, it's a sick joke sometimes isn't it guys and that we're out there enjoying all the stuff that we're doing, throwing around weight. You know, having these competitions, lifting with our friends. And the only thing these kids are thinking about is just getting better. It really hits hits hard. So here's to you, Nora. Um, that show is a tribute to you. And I have a feeling that Dylan and Alex moving forward are going to make this a bigger and better production every year to represent not only you, but all of 
these kids everywhere that fight this disease uh, because they have the strength that every one of us in the strongman community wants. And I know all of us within our community are going to give it back to all of them annually. And I can't think of a better rallying cry for our community than getting behind these kids. And uh, I pledge myself to uh, support in any way I can any event that has to deal with uh, helping these kids out like Nora. And uh, I, of course, pay my condolences to, to her family, the Sarbellas. Uh, you had a, I don't have to tell you, <laughs> you had a special little girl. She was pretty awesome. Uh, I particularly like a couple of the pictures that I got of her that I'm going to put a couple on the screen right now. Um, <laughs> it's, my <laughs> it's hard to look at that picture. God, how cute that kid was. Oh, my God. Especially those of us with kids, you know, when we see that, it's, it doesn't even matter, right? You don't even need kids to appreciate that. That's a little fighter for you. Yeah, so, and then I got another one here that Alex sent me as well. And, you know, all we see is this kid that just wanted to live life. And, and uh, you know what? I know for nine years she did. And uh, that's what I'm getting at. These kids don't let cancer beat them like a lot of us would, right? Uh, they take the fight to it. And uh, God bless you, Nora. Um, God bless you. And uh, thanks for bringing all of us together. Uh, you know, sometimes there's more to it. And I think this show is going to be awesome this year. I can't wait to get to it. Uh, it's a tribute, of course, to her now. And I know there's going to be a lot of fight at this show. I know there's going to be a lot of fight at this show. 150 competitors and 20 record breakers and so many different people coming in to support this, uh, personalities and pros throughout our community. And uh, for more reason now than ever, um, to pay tribute to her life and uh, give support to her family. And there's still different ways we can do that. I know they're adding some uh, charitable uh, contributions, of course, to this. I think there's a actually a pound dollar per pound that's going on the uh i'll get more information guys for the um record breakers deadlift i know sean shoemaker's a part of that and uh talking to alex today and i, I got a, so much good stuff from him as you can imagine i'm my brain is kind of fried right now thinking about nora but we're going to continue to get all that good information out to all you guys about this ohio strongest and as you know i i said it was one of the top 10 best shows of the year i have no doubt it's going to be that and even more now, of course, uh, because uh, we're all going to get behind this show more than we, if you weren't, more of us will, more than they were. And uh, we're going to continue to support this family and other families like the Sarbellas when it comes to, uh, you know, having kids that are dealing with this, this fucking cancer. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm here in every capacity. And I told Alex today that we'll come up with a good plan about you know, what I'm going to do and how I'm going to represent out there as far as the podcast is concerned in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and, of course, uh, we're going to have an opportunity, I hope, to talk to the Starbellas as well and uh, learn a little bit more about Nora and all the uh, great things that she represented throughout her life. And uh, so I can't wait. Uh, this is just going to be one of those real special shows that I think uh, our community is, uh, is really rallied behind, and I'm so proud of uh, all the strong men and strong women out there that are coming to this call. And I uh, couldn't be more happy to be a part of it. So anyhow, here's to you, Nora. Uh, God bless you. And I, I, know you're, uh, I know you're looking down on all of us, rooting all these guys and gals on, I'm sure. So uh, anyhow, 
Okay, let me get a drink of water, guys. Never easy to talk about that stuff. Surprised I made it through, honestly. You guys know I get pretty emotional on the show sometimes. Not afraid to wear it on my sleeve, guys. All right, so let's move on. Hard to move on from that, but we're going to move on from that because this show is dedicated to you, Nora. So maybe we'll try not to get as controversial sometimes as we do, but I'll ask some questions, of course. And uh, we're probably getting back and forth, too, as some of these other things come back to me about the Ohio Strongest. I'll probably come back in and out, you know, as I remember some things Alex and I uh, talked about a bit today as we were DMing on, on the phone while I was at the gym. Um, a couple of re- a couple things, uh, you know, guys, I talked about uh, the uh, World's Strongest Man last week, and I made a point that, you know, we talked about qualifying and whether or not qualifying uh, would have gotten the top 10 if it had been done 1 through 30 or just qualifying groups. Uh, a couple guys have gotten back with me on uh, YouTube, which was really cool. Uh, they actually figured it out for me, or I can't remember. I have to give credit where credit is due if I go back and look at the name. Uh, but Luke Stoltman would have been the only guy not to make the top 10 had they have taken top 10 placings out of 30 and not just out of the groups. He would have placed 15th overall. So as I'd mentioned before, I thought it was pretty close. I wasn't, even though I'm not for that system, but, you know, this gives me maybe good reason to look back at it and say much ado about nothing. Um, 15th place, you had one guy that wouldn't have made it out of 10. And, yeah, okay, I'm, let's not split hairs, right? So maybe I'm wrong about that. I guess providing these qualifying groups are done fairly and, and, uh, and uh, objectively, I don't think there's a problem with them, I guess. It certainly didn't hurt Clash, so I... I guess that's one of those things, right, guys? You get talking about something, I get some different feedback, and before you know it, I'm changing my opinion on it, and there you go. So I'll change my opinion on that officially today. Uh, supposedly, Matthias, uh, uh, I can never pronounce his name, Kaskowski, Matthias, we know him as Matthias because we can never say his I can't say his last name anyhow. He actually tested <laughs> the truck pull. <laughs> okay, he tested it. He pulled it at 31 seconds. Um, I don't know what to say about that other than if you're going to get a guy to test any type of pull for you, have him put in 100% effort. I find it hard to believe that Mateus couldn't pull that faster than 31 seconds. And get this, even after he pulled it, they let air out of the tires to slow it down. <laughs> and then you still had seven or eight guys do better than 17 seconds. So I'm not quite sure how that works, but at least, the, at least it's nice to know they tried to beta test it. Um, I think in the future we might see a couple different attempts at that to take averages and that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, live and learn. Uh, I'm not going to knock the show for that. I mean, that's just a one-off, right, guys? Uh, not the most terrible thing to happen in any show. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was great feedback from you guys. I appreciate that. It kind of goes with a little bit of the kind of the theme of the show today because I had a couple questions. Well, I had one question about what, what does it take to be an open pro. I don't think that was – it's not more generalized. That's more specific to weight as I took it. You know, like we all know what it takes to be a pro. It takes mindset, of course, and then the ability to get the job done and, you know, putting the hard work in and the daily grind and that kind of thing. Yeah, that goes without saying to be a pro in anything. You have to put your time in. Uh, but I think what this guy was referring to who was interested in strongman, not a strongman himself, but probably a gym guy that's just saying, hey, what type of weights – do we need to move in, in particular events to be considered a pro or to be a pro open guy? Uh, I think it's a great question. I, I think that's an, that bar is continuing to move. I don't, or that bullseye is not, you know, however you want to say it, it's, it's a moving target because as we know, year in and year out, uh, this just keeps getting 
bigger and better when it comes to the kind of numbers these guys are putting up. Years ago, and I say years ago, let's just go back 15 years or less, an 800-pound deadlift was getting you to be a heavyweight open pro. If you had an 800-pound deadlift, and I'm not saying you had to be the strongest guy. I'm just saying to get you there, guys, to break into the pro ranks, let's say, quote, unquote. 800 pounds will get you there. Uh, nowadays, if you're not over a 900-pound deadlift, I would argue that's probably a benchmark. You have to have at least a 900-pound deadlift to be considered an open pro at that high high level. Let's be clear, guys. I get it. There's always this second-tier kind of thing. But even then, even then I would argue, to be a good second-tier guy, a world's strongest man, maybe an America's strongest man type guy. Is that fair, fair enough to say? America's strongest man? We know that Bobby Thompson, Trey Mitchell, those guys go to world's strongest man, of course. We're going to get those guys to do that. But then, you know, we have another 10 or 12 competitors that are part of that show that are all, uh, you know, amazingly strong guys. Uh, I would say it's, on average, it's prob probably need a 900-pound deadlift to be a, you know, to be a, a good, healthy, open pro. Um, you know, it won't be too long before it has to be 1,000 pounds. Uh, we saw that this year throughout the world ranks of course that being the uh, arnold classic the rogue and, and the world's strongest man these are some monster deadlifts we're seeing anymore so uh crazy to think about right thousand pounds has to has to be the benchmark at some point and it will be um i would say for a log press i think we all know what that number is it's 400 pounds if you're not doing a 400 pound log press as a heavyweight open guy you're you're not quite there yet take nothing away from the guys that are deadlifting 900 and, and, and log pressing 360 yeah, you're almost there. That's, and even if you're a pro at that point, you still know you're almost there because there's going to be some guys that make sort of that conversation as being a pro that may not have a 900-pound deadlift or may not have a 400-pound log, but they're over in one and close in another kind of thing. I get that. But if you want to be that guy, right, those top guys at World's Strongest Man, uh, yeah, you're going to want to be able to put up a 400-plus log and a 900-plus deadlift. Simple as that. I think it goes without saying. Um, you know, other events? I think a 500-pound stone is is reasonable. I'm not talking in a series over a course of an entire event. You know, we rarely see that, but you should be able to load a 500-pound stone uh, if you want to be a heavyweight open pro. Uh, that's pretty reasonable. I think some guys might argue that a little bit because a series of stones, generally you don't see a 500 on the fifth. I get that. I'm just using the stone as a benchmark as that single stone kind of lift, uh, which we don't see a lot of. We don't see a lot of max stone. But occasionally, you know, you got the Arnold and that kind of thing, you might see it. Um, that would be another thing, I guess. Circus dumbbell? Well, fuck. I mean, <laughs> that, none of that even makes sense to me anymore. I mean, what is a lockout? What's not a lockout? What are they going to consider a good rep? I, I don't know. I mean, it looks like we're finally approaching that 300-pound dumbbell mark right now. Like, you better be able to press a 300-pound uh, circus dumbbell in order to be a heavyweight open pro, and, and then some for some of these guys. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say that, I suppose. I, I don't really have an opinion on it, but there were several events this guy gave me, and that was one of them. Um, and what else, what else did we have? I think that was about it. I think that was about it. He, he ID'd a few of them. What does it take to be heavyweight open pro? Uh, an example, this, 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 and this. And then, of course, I mindset it and all that stuff. But, you know, that's a great question. Uh, what is it to be an open pro? I think we need to find out what it means to be a pro first and that was kind of a segue into this other sort of thought that i was having the other day because i saw uh, this is no knock on world strength games this is uh ralph uh, uh avalon's or avalon's uh uh his organization or his excuse me his event he was the one that promoted the ragnarok games 
Which, oh, by the way, I didn't mention a whole lot about the Ragnarok games in recent past. Uh, other than the fact that I understand it went off pretty well. So congratulations to, you know, that group down there that did that show. Um, you know, nobody was hating on it. Uh, I think what I said in my previous shows is everybody was a little bit little bit uncertain about the that show just because it was a new promotion, kind of a, a bigger promotion to, uh, as a launching point for a show. Uh, but from what I understand and talking to the people that went down there, everybody's pretty happy about it. Sounds like everybody got paid. So first and foremost, uh, to any promoter out there, you want to make a show go well at the conclusion of it, make sure everybody gets paid. So it sounds like, as far as I know, everybody got paid. So that's probably the, you know, the caveat to all this. Uh, as far as the show goes and the logistics and that sort of thing, I understand there were some, you know, little issues with media stuff and how they recorded it and how they produced it for online and that's or on the pay-per-view and stuff like that. Uh, you know, all that stuff's live and learn in my book, guys. If you do one show and it doesn't resonate well with people, you change your formula a little bit till you get it right. As long as there's effort being put forward with these shows at any level, whether it's Ragnarok, you know, Great Lakes, Shaw Classic, whatever, you know, you're constantly making tweaks in your production to make sure that everybody has a better viewing experience or a better competition experience year after year. What gets me mad is when these shows don't do that. And historically, we see that a lot at like we did in the past at the Arnold Classic for the amateurs and, you know, even the pros to some degree. And, you know, over and over again, we'd always hear the same complaints. Um, you know, maybe that's getting better now, too. But that's when you find out that these promoters really don't give a shit, right, if they're not changing the way they're doing things. So the way I understand it, uh, yeah, there was maybe a few little things that went on with the Ragnarok that probably is going to change already for next year and probably already changing for these World Strength Games. I'm taking special note with these two items right now because, yeah, obviously this is starting to kind of take off for that production group there. I can't remember what he calls it. Uh, but, you know, the World Strength Games now is another promotion that's going to be taking place, I think, with the Florida Fit Expo on September 16th. So, you know, whether or not there are people out there that want to get behind this production or don't want to get behind it or having reservation to get behind it, um, I'm just taking the position of the neutral really saying, well, listen, if this show is giving you no reason not to, not to respect it, meaning that it's paid its athletes so you have no reason not to like it there, uh, all the efforts being made to put it at these great venues uh, or convention centers and try to get as many big names behind these promotions as possible. Um, yeah, whatever your reasoning might be for not liking the show, uh, you know, maybe people, places, things, that kind of thing. I, I don't know if it's enough not to kind of get behind this and champion this on for the strongman community. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Um, you know, the show itself and being another opportunity for these guys to compete. Um, so, yeah, anyhow, World Strength Games. Uh, getting back to my point about that, though, uh, apparently we're giving out a pro card now. Now, see, that's the problem that I would have. But it's not a problem with the World Strength Games. It's a problem with Strongman entirely. Uh, this pro card thing has just gotten entirely out of hand. Matter of fact, it's a joke. It's just a, it's just a stupid joke now. If you really want to have pro cards out there, I, I don't think there's any right way to do it anymore, guys. Our sport is so fractured with these organizations. And I'm not suggesting any one of them are, are any better or any worse than, you know, the three or four that are out there. But, uh, you know, we have the Strongman Corp, of course. And we have USS. And Strongman Corp has got their – well, I think, Arnold, you get a pro card there for the amateurs. And you get a pro card – just to be clear, because if this is ever changing, again, this is a moving target maybe. Uh, I know your top three places at Nationals get their pro card in all, in all classes. Um, I think I'm not sure whether or not they still have the pro ams or the pro ams that used to get you your pro card. Meaning, if you were the top amateur to finish amongst the pros, you would get your pro card. 
Uh, that's the way they used to do it. So there was these pro-am shows. If you had five pros and five amateurs, mind you, you were a qualified amateur to be there, um, to be able to compete with these guys at the weight they were using. If you managed to finish as the top amateur, um, you would get your pro card. You didn't have to finish first. You just had to finish as the top amateur. So uh, there was a few different ways to get it through Strongman Corp. Now USS has kind of come up with something a little bit. I still don't quite understand it. I mean, I even talked to, you know, my people that I know within the organization and or that know of the organization, promoters and such. Even it's a bit of a head scratcher on their part. They apparently have a pro qualifying shows, which means like Great Lakes, for instance, you would have a pro class. They call it a USS Pro show, or it's kind of a bit misleading, to be honest with you. And then the winner of that show qualifies for the qualifier. So after, so if top three guys maybe, or just the winner, I'm not sure, qualify to go to the pro qualifier for USS, which it's considered a pro show, but nobody's pro there. At least that's the way it's advertised. And then the winner of that show wins a pro contract. So my question is, Is it a, are you a pro when you get there? Are you not a pro when you get there? Is it only the winner that's a pro? Who gives a fuck, right? It, it doesn't make any sense. Now, I get that Willie's going to pay these people. I have no clue what he's paying. We pay him a dollar. I don't know. Nobody seems to be talking much about it, so I don't know how you know, awesome these contracts are. And it's no knock on you, Willie, or the organization, but once again, these are things that need to be understood, that need to be said to people, that people have to understand exactly what the program is that nobody understands the program so there you go with that the other organization of course is the psl now to be clear about the psl tyler's probably the one organization that says no we don't give a fuck about pro cards because nobody's going to try to solve that riddle that's an enigma of strongman the psl is simply saying we're a pro strongman league meaning that we're represent at a professional level for everybody to compete at so let me say that again. Pro Strongman League means exactly that. It's a professional organization that provides a platform for all athletes to, to, to qualify to get to to compete at. Tyler's not giving away pro cards. However, we can all argue prior to the PSL and go back to Clash, every one of those guys that made the finals should be a fucking pro. Matter of fact, everybody that qualified for that show should be a pro, right? I mean, I, I forget who's a pro and who's not a pro anymore when these guys compete together, but every guy that I've talked to would look at their guy next to them on the right or the left and go, yeah, I don't know if he's a pro or not, but does it fucking matter? He's competing next to me, and i got to worry about beating him. So he should be a pro by default. So I, I just wish, I guess what I'm trying to say is, well, let me finish. Then you got the World Strength Games. World Strength Games then is an organization now giving out their own pro card. For what? Only to compete in the World Strength Games and Ragnarok Games? No knock on you, Ralph. I get it. You're trying to offer some things to, you know, add a little buzz to your organization, add a little buzz to your promotion. I can respect that. But I still don't understand how we're just sort of nilly-willy giving away, and that's no knock on you, Willie. I'm just saying nilly-willy to give away uh, pro cards to everybody. Like, it, it, fuck, they're so common now. Let's let you open a Cracker Jacks box and just see if you want a pro card. Who gives a shit? You don't even have to be qualified to win a pro card anymore. If you just enter a contest and nobody else enters the fucking show with you and you win by default, guess what? You're a pro. You got a 300 max log and you got a 600-pound deadlift. You're an open guy and you're a pro all of a sudden. Please, come on, guys. We all know this is kind of getting silly at this point. I have no idea how to solve this problem other than the fact that let's just remove it entirely. There doesn't need to be any pro status attached to anybody anymore. And I don't even think the pros that I know out there, the official qualified pros that is, and to no knock on any of you guys, no knock on you at all, would care whether or not people recognize them as a pro strongman. Because most of us, and I say most of us, most not me, 
but most of anybody out there that's competing at that high level in any one of these weight classes doesn't introduce themselves as um, pro so-and-so, or in any case, most of them don't, maybe on their IGs or something, whatever. I, I have no problem with that. But we, we don't recognize them, and they don't recognize themselves like that. These guys are just great strongman athletes that go into contests and win or on any given Sunday at the best contest have an opportunity to beat some people, maybe not everybody, because that's how tight the competition pool is within our sport right now. I think the only guys that we can all argue resonate with us as pro strongmen and pro strong woman, maybe now, right? Because of what the Arnold Classic did to the to the pros there is if you make it to that stage, you're a pro. You're a pro, and I don't think anybody will take that away from you. But even those people, again, it's not what they're after. That's not the kind of that title isn't important to them. It's it's actually just being able to, you know, complete the contest or win the win the event or you know get better at doing an event i again i i don't know this whole pro strongman thing how it really fits into our sport anymore and if you're only going to identify the heavyweights as pros which we do and rightfully so they're the best in the world uh then where's everybody else left to kind of and i don't, again i don't think anybody really cares but you, if you want an organ if you want a sport and some purists out there, like my friend Darren from uh, Strongest Opinions, would say, fuck, we don't need any other class. Let's just use the heavyweight guys and the heavyweight women as the example out there. Um, other than them, I mean. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't understand where it all fits in anymore. So uh, the big enigma in Strongman is pro anymore. The pro status to me just needs to be removed. Let's all quit using it. Uh, World Strength Games, fuck all that. Willie, the USS pro stuff, it's too far out to even make work. Uh, Dion, I get it. I mean, I, all right. I'm just, I'm, I'm, tr I'm essentially reaching out to all you collectively at one time saying, can we just all agree to stop doing this? It doesn't make any sense anymore. It just doesn't. And you want to know the true definition of a pro. If you've won any money at any point in competition, you're considered a pro. That's the legal, uh, that's the, the somewhat the legal definition of becoming a pro in anything. It means you're a paid athlete. And that means if you were an MMA fighter fighting, and I know this because I used to promote MMA, and you were an amateur and the promoter wanted to pay you $200 as the winner and you accepted that prize money, you're officially a pro. You're not even supposed to compete with the amateurs anymore. So that's the disparity in our sport. We could be pros and still compete with amateurs to some degree if we wanted to, and in reality, that's not the way it's supposed to be done. So I think that's why a lot of guys really don't care whether or not they get their pro card because they don't ever want to have the – inability to be able to compete at any level they want to and represent their communities at large so again another reason why pro isn't really an important title anymore it makes no sense and i used to be one of those guys that would go oh boy we have to really figure this out we need to figure this out because it's important that you know people understand and, and consumerships want to know what does it mean to go through the ranks of strongman to get status um i'm not so sure that matters anymore matter of fact that's the second thing on this show today that i'm going to take back I've thought through this over and over again, had many conversations with my friends uh, in the sport and, uh, and around the sport that none of them really give a fuck. You're just going out there to compete to win. Today you might be a pro. Tomorrow you might be an amateur at best. Your competition dictates to you how hard you train and where you're going to be, ultimately in your competitions and, and whether you're winning or losing. Just because you're a pro don't mean shit and strong, man. It certainly does in other sports. You can't take a professional pace pitcher and send him down to the minor leagues and not expect he's going to strike out the side in the ninth every time. Most, most of these guys will because they're that much better than everybody else.
there's a, there's little disparity in our sport anymore. Look at the U90 Classic over in England, for instance, as I talk about on every show, and I should because it's a badass show. There's 30 guys there. I wonder how many pros are in that show. Nobody cares because they're all fucking that good. There's a, quite a few of them that have a pro status by default, but I'm pretty sure none of the none of the European guys have an official pro status to their name because I don't think that's how they operate over there. And we could be looking at the top five guys being all European, beating all of our pros. So does that mean they're pros because they beat pros? That's what I'm getting here, guys. It, 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 we just have to knock this pro shit off and strongman. If you're getting paid to do your job and you're out there winning, I don't give a fuck if you're a pro or not. Obviously, you're going to earn the respect from me and you're going to earn respect from all of our peers and you're going to earn the respect from the fan base out there. So uh, let's stop with this pro shit once and for all. Okay. There you go. A little rant for you. See, I'm capable of a little rant, even on your day, Nora, on the Gym Life podcast. Uh, you know, that wouldn't be, wouldn't be right for me not to. So once again, Nora, this show's dedicated to you. Um. Oh, you know, I brought this up to you guys last show, and, and it's like I almost bashed my British buddies or, you know, the British community about 56% ultra-processed food, meaning that I think I said that 56% of the British diet is ultra-processed food. And let's be clear, ultra-processed food is, well, it's everything out there that's not whole food and or short of being processed. So there's three types, right? Whole food, guys. You pick it, you eat it, you, you, you kill it, you eat it. That's a whole food. Um Ultra uh, processed food is something that has like minor process, uh, uh, the uh, uh, just a small process to convert it, like oatmeal. Uh, that would be processed food, right? But oatmeal is essentially just oatmeal. Uh, also, like let's say uh, cottage cheese, that would be considered processed food, albeit there's not a lot of ingredients in that. Uh, ultra processed food is when it's just been completely bastardized with every type of chemical and every type of additional ingredient, salt, fat, you know, sugar, anything to make it taste better and unidentifiable by the human body. That's ultra processed food. Um, I said the Brits eat six fifty six percent of their diet is that I didn't have the American statistic because I thought, well, it must not be the biggest one. If they mentioned the Brits. Oh, boy, it is. <laughs> it isn't to no surprise. I don't know how accurate this stat is, but I found it. Seventy four percent of Americans their diet is ultra-processed food. Yeah, that doesn't shock me at all. Matter of fact, that's about right. If you were to ask me that before I thought I knew what it was, I'd say, I don't know, 75%? Fuck, all you got to do is look around out there right now and look at the obesity problem that we have. Go ahead, look around. Go out today and look around because we don't see it. As, we see it a lot, guys, I should say, although we don't really see it because we surround ourselves with people within our own community that are generally in really good condition, shape, strength, or other, that just... You go, oh, fuck, well, he's in shape, but this guy eats pretty good. We compare ourselves to each other. Go out there right now, walk into Walmart or walk into one of your grocery stores or go to a baseball game. Go to a baseball game even and look at 50,000 people walking around. Walk around that motherfucker and tell me how many people in there are in shape. Not very many, and most of them are obese. The United States is a serious fucking problem, and it's all part of the plan. I get it. But you know what got me thinking about this is when I was talking about that ultra-processed food the other week. I was looking into some other things, you know, as I was going down that rabbit hole and the way other countries treat their food compared to our country, which is crazy because I know you guys are fuck. We know all about this. I get it. It's worth saying again, though. McDonald's French fries, for instance, in, in the United States, just the French fries, when you go order them and they're damn good. Don't get me wrong. I've eaten McDonald's French fries. Matter of fact, I'm trying not to eat them on a daily basis right now because they sound excellent right now. 
16 different ingredients in a McDonald's french fry. So not just potatoes, salt, and oil, by the way. Potatoes, salt, and oil makes a french fry. Here in the United States, we have 13 additional ingredients that we put in there. Chemicals and preservatives that give the fry a different taste and texture than any other McDonald's french fry on the planet. Because in Great Britain, you know what they do? They're only allowed to use three ingredients. The McDonald's french fries over there are made from potato, salt, and oil. You want to know why, guys? Because other countries don't poison their fucking people. That's why. Only in the United States that we do that. There are, this is a deeper rabbit hole than you've ever seen before in your life. I mean, we know this, right? Hot dogs aren't even served over in, Eng over in, over in Europe. They don't allow them over there because there's too many chemicals in them. They won't kill their people. It's only here in the United States we're poisoning ourselves. That's so crazy. When you start looking at the real statistics behind all this shit it, and the real cause, the you know, causation of it, um, it's not hard to figure out. It's just not. Yeah, we're just a we're we're a walking heart attack in the United States because we don't give a shit about our people. We just poison them for profit. That's all we care about. It's the mighty dollar. God, dude, when I when I heard those statistics, I was like, once again. I don't even need a documentary sometime. Just go on and look at the stats on shit. You don't even need people to tell you how bad it is. It paints its own picture. Whew. Anyhow. Oh, geez. Oh, Pete's. Or here I go again. Getting all wound up again. That's all right. You're probably talking to me right now saying, stick it to him, Joe. That's right. Because, uh, you know, I'm wearing my fuck cancer shirt today, too, by the way. And that's probably how I got my lymphoma. I was eating shit and poisoned. Oh, anyhow. Don't get me started. So, yeah, uh, that, 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 uh, the pro thing for sure. Um, Oklahoma Strongest was last weekend, and uh, I, I need to, I should have gave them a shout out. Although I did my show, I think on the same day it was going on. So, in all fairness to uh, the Oklahoma Strongest, that was a great show for sure. I've seen everything that Hannah was posting this week. Uh, of course, the pageantry is always cool because there's a bit of a depth, this depth before dishonor, you know, uh, you know, backdrop to what's going on there, which is always super cool. God, I got to get some of their shirts. I just need to start ordering like one of their shirts every time they sponsor a show because they always do, a, you know, depth always does some special, you know, tribute type shirt for that show. And boy, this one was real cool with the Buffalo and stuff. But anyhow, uh, that Oklahoma strongest one out there. Uh, last Saturday, and uh, the way there were some big lifts, guys. Fuck that 18-inch deadlift. I think they had four or five guys go over a thousand pounds, which is becoming kind of a standard. I mean, I don't want to say everybody does it because that's still a huge feat of strength. I mean, even well, I pulled 900 and some change, 970, I think last year, coming off a bad hip. Let me just make that point. But that's not an easy feat of strength. Uh, but these guys are making it look easy out there. One of the biggest. Uh, points to note that i saw out there was from john dom creaky uh speaking of uh open heavyweight guys uh he's an open heavyweight guy that i interviewed for one of the full send sports shows i did last year for adl uh he, i can't remember what show he was a part of uh maybe it was shaw classic maybe um uh, no it wasn't it wasn't shaw classic anyhow dom's one of those up-and-coming guys too real tall guy you know built six foot six kind of frame linebacker-ish tight end build on him uh, always had a bit of an issue with his press, and he would even tell you that. Better deadlifter than presser. And uh, I would say, Dom, you've got your press up to kind of where you want it, right? 
400 pounds is not a bad press. I believe that was a PR for him, and that's good to see. And I say that's good to see because obviously that's not an American record. It's not some world record. There's a lot of guys that can do 400 pounds out there that are great professional strongmen, and that's my point. Dom is one of those up-and-comers. He's a, he's a young guy, uh, and we've got this great contingency of open-class guys that are coming through the sport right now that we need to shed more light on. Uh, and that's why I'm going to continue to uh, champion on that for the PSL and Tyler Purdue. I'm going to start it here all the time, give you trouble. We need to get those open guys as a part of that pro strongman league and a bigger part about of all these shows out there and promoting these shows. If not, I reach out to all you promoters out there, come up with a unique standalone for these guys and try to get a lot of sponsors on board with it to give some prize money and some, you know, some per diem and that sort of thing to get some of the best of the best of the United States from sea to shining sea uh, involved in a big open strongman event for our amateurs that rewards them somehow bigger than maybe a nationals or something and provides them a more intimate setting to compete at. Uh, I would love to be a part of something like that. Uh, maybe, who knows, maybe I'll talk to a few promoters I know and we can collaborate on it uh, because I'm really going to get into this open heavyweight scene that I think is being a bit overlooked right now and we need to get on board with a lot of these guys that are coming up through the ranks, especially now since... Well, Brian Shaw is not a part of us anymore, at least a part of our competitive group. Uh, so we need to champion on uh, all these great heavyweight open guys that are coming up, uh, not just the ones that are already there, because we need that new crop too, guys. And we got to get their names out there and get the public familiar with their names uh, and get behind these guys and try to get as many people as we get on to support them so they don't go away, because as we know, this can be a very expensive sport to compete in. And sometimes, sometimes, we're not seeing the best guys make it through because much, many of them through family and other you know, responsibilities just can't put forth the effort anymore that you know, for, some of us that are more fortunate to be able to do. So uh, that's why we need to get behind these guys, get sponsors behind them, get promotions and events behind them that can kind of ease that burden, let them focus on training a little more, and give them an opportunity to represent us at the highest level. So, yeah, there's my uh, heavyweight open pitch for you. Um, let's see here. Uh, I'm going to still be doing that interview with that special strong person that uh, I t spoke about to you guys the other day when it comes to steroids within the strength community, particularly strong woman. Um, I'm supposed to get on with her now again today, which may actually release before this episode does. So for those of you out there that are waiting for that, if it hasn't hit by the time this episode hits, uh, it's going to happen very quickly here. I got sick for a couple days, the point where my, my throat was hurting bad and uh, I was coughing, go figure, sinus stuff again, uh, and I just wanted to make sure I can actually make it through an interview with her. So, But anyhow, um, I'm going to end the show there. Uh, just kind of a quick one this week. It was more to really, uh, you know, really lend my love and support and pay my condolences to uh, Nora's family, the Ohio Strongest, and the great thing that they're doing there uh, to represent uh, uh, Nora Sabella and her family and all these other kids uh, that are dealing with pediatric cancer. Um, this is a great promotion, uh, and it's a great opportunity for those of us, uh, for all of us, that, for that matter, to get around it, and especially for those of us that this really resonates with, like myself, uh, to lend to be a part of this show. Uh, you can get a hold of those guys uh, through Iron Podium, of course, and or Ohio Strongest on Instagram. Uh, and, uh, you know, anything that you can do, uh, to be there to help, uh, to support the show financially, to make a donation to the show uh, will be much appreciated. So uh, I'll try to link more of that stuff to my DM as well, especially as we move closer to this event. And I have a feeling that uh, nothing is going to be turned away. Uh, I think we all want to make this the biggest 
show in the nation when it comes to what they're doing to support this pediatric cancer, this kid's pediatric cancer, um, you know, uh, these kids out there that are going through this, uh, well, going through some tough times. So uh, in any case, stay tuned, stay fit, stay strong, guys.